This is Glenn Hughes, the voice of rock, and you're listening to Music Mania. Get ready for some screaming heavy metal! We rock! But the evil that men do... You are now listening to the Music Mania Podcast, brought to you by CD Warehouse in Gladstone, the number one hard rock podcast in the Midwest, featuring hard-hitting interviews with rock's living legends. And now, here's your host, Clint Schweitzer. And we are off and running on another episode of the Music Mania Podcast. I am your host, Clint Schweitzer, and we are reaching for the sky, shaking and tumbling, because this is a very special edition of the podcast. We're going to be welcoming Firehouse guitarist Bill Leverty to the show. Criminally underrated as a player, and Firehouse is underrated as a band. Still out there today. They did 57 shows last year. They are as busy as ever, doing a lot of fly-ins. They have a show coming up. With Brett Michaels, Warrant Dawkin, and Lita Ford. I'm going to be there in attendance for that at the Mid-America Center in um, Council Bluffs, Iowa. So looking forward to chatting with Bill about uh, his latest solo venture. And if you want to go to his website, Leverty.com, you can check out uh, two songs, Memorable and Love is Like a Song. You can, If you donate $1, Bill's going to give you two songs for the price of one. $1 gets you both songs, and Bill's going to send you those songs personally via email. So go check those out. Bill is a guy that he's put out, uh, you know, four or five solo albums in addition to being in Firehouse, a band that, like I said, I've been a fan of for many years. You know, I think that they get pigeonholed for a song like Love of a Lifetime, which is one of those indelible songs. It's one of those songs that's part of the fabric of America, you know, as a ballad. But there's so much more than that. You think about songs like Reach for the Sky, Shake and Tumble, Rock on the Radio, Overnight Sensation. I'm just a big fan uh, overall of what they do. It's good straight ahead, rock and roll, good feeling, good times rock and roll. And that's what uh, Firehouse encapsulates to me. Guys, we always appreciate you downloading the show on Apple Podcasts or listening on YouTube. Always appreciate it, you know, the interaction. Leave a comment, um, subscribe, let us know what you think. Uh, other guests you'd like to hear us interview because the truth of it is when it comes to this podcast, you've heard the songs. This is where you hear the stories. That's what we're about here. It's not about me giving you my top 10 drummers of all time or top 10 metal albums. This is about me interacting, making connections with these great guests, hearing their stories, letting them, you know, tell their tales of stardom and ups and downs uh, of, you know, being in the music industry. And this is uh, so important. A guy like Bill Leverty, this is, we've talked about this for two years. This interview is literally two years in the making. Finally, we're able to make it work. He's been working on the solo album and he finally emailed me and said, you know what? It's time. I'm ready to do this. He's got the two songs on his website right now. So go to Leverty.com and follow him at Leverty. Firehouse is all over the place. They're going to be, if they hit your neck of the woods, definitely go check them out this summer. They're always a good time. And before we get to that interview with Bill, I want to urge you to check out CD Warehouse in Gladstone, Missouri for over 22 years, a staple of the Northland. Buy, sell, and trade CBD, CDs, DVDs, vinyl, and more. Hit up Randy Ringer, the owner. Tell him Music Mania Podcast sent you, and he will give you a discount, or it's on us. Pleasure here on the Music Mania Podcast to welcome this week's guest, Bill Leverty, guitarist from Firehouse. Bill, it is so good to hear from you. Glad we were finally able to make this work, man. How's everything going? 
Hey, well, I'm great, man. Hey, breathing air and pumping blood. Can't complain. <laughs> wow, that just summed it up. That's that's great. I, I, I have a whole new outlook on on my weekend now, thanks to that, Bill. That's great stuff, man. Uh, it's great to hear from you. I tell you what, we've this has actually been in the works for a couple years now, man. We've we've talked uh, just intermittently through email about doing this interview. It's it's the it's the chickens have come home to roost. It's it's happening. I'm so excited. Yeah, we we have been threatening this for a long time. I've been if I didn't take me so long to finish an album, and now that I'm ninety percent done, uh, it'd be great to to talk to you about it. Uh, that last 10% may take longer than the first 90% because uh, I still have that last song that I haven't written yet, and who knows how long that'll take until I get the one that I go, okay, that's worthy of, of putting the time into it. But um, I got nine of them done now. I just put out two songs, and uh, they're available on my website, Liberty.com. And I'm doing a two-for-one deal, so you, you buy one, you get one free. <laughs> this is awesome. And you sent me these. I still got to donate my dollar. You 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 sent me these songs. I I'm a huge fan. I, I love your work, but for your on your website, leverty.com, you can go there right now and you can donate a dollar or more, preferably more, I would say, and you can get these, you can get both songs and you'll they'll, you'll send them to the people yourself. Is that is that how this works? Is that correct? Absolutely. Yep, absolutely. I do it myself and it's all it's all done in-house, and um, there's no iTunes or Amazon or anything like that on, on these songs. Eventually, they'll get up there, but it, it'll be months and, and before the, the album's done, and that's when I'm going to put these up there. And, uh, you know, these are... I, I feel like I, I really put a lot of time into these songs, and, and, and my heart and soul, and um, and Michael Foster came over here and played drums on them. He, Michael Foster's the drummer for Firehouse. He did a bang-up job. I mean, just a amazing job um, playing drums on him and I'm real happy with the way he turned out well this is your first uh, solo album I believe since uh, Drive came out in 2013 which is uh, kind of a collection of covers that you did songs that influenced you uh, growing up which I, I really love that uh, that covers album but you know it's you know just kind of talk about uh, the, the process and what it's like because I mean obviously you're always busy with Firehouse you guys tour constantly but to be able to take the time and have the you know have the energy left to, to, to still focus on on a solo career and to, to do things that are more gratifying for you just kind of talk about that and, and how that is for you and how you find time to do it first of all well, man, I appreciate you, you saying that and asking that because it's a lot of people wouldn't really understand that. But when you fly out on, uh, you know, you wake up at 3 a.m. to catch the 6 a.m. flight on a Friday morning to fly to Atlanta to change planes to then, you know, fly to the next place and then get in a van and drive for three hours and then set up, do a sound check, go back, get dinner, go get a shower, go out and play. And then you get back in your room at 2 a.m. and you got to get up at 3 a.m. to do the same thing on the Saturday night. And then you get up at 2 a, you know, 3 a.m. to drive back to fly home. You are dead for a few days. And then it's kind of repeat the cycle the following Friday. We, you know, we're doing the weekend warrior kind of deal with our band where we play mostly weekends. So <clears throat> during the week, once I recover, I go down and I work in my studio. And if I have something to work on myself I do that if if not I have some other work from some other people that, that you know ask me to help them and I, I work on their stuff so that's my my moonlighting gig and um, you know of course I'm, I'm also number one uh, priority in life is I'm a father and a husband and so I do that but um, the time that's left I try to work on writing and recording my own stuff and, um, and that's kind of what takes a, a long time for me to get a side project album done because it is 
side project. It's not my main thing. I don't tour on my stuff. Firehouse is the touring band, and uh, this is just fun recording stuff to try to keep writing music and putting out what I what makes me feel good. Well, how important is it uh, for an artist, um, specifically a guitarist, to you know, keep the creative juices flowing. I, you know, this kind of got me thinking. I was watching the film A Hired Gun on Netflix. I don't, I don't know if you've seen it yet, but just kind of talking I about. I it's a great it, movie, isn't great it? That, it's awesome. And of course, that uh, you know, what what got me thinking about that is though a lot of these people, you know, it's kind of a choice you have to make sometimes. Personal gratification versus finding that a steady gig. You kind of have maybe the flexibility to to do both to be able to to have a, a band that's steady and that's been there and, and done that, but. How important is that, just for the creative side of what you do? Because a lot of people don't realize, just, uh, you know, for a guitarist, just getting that creativity out and getting something on tape and just playing, that's got to be important for you. It is important. And, and, you know, Firehouse last year did 57 shows, which was a good year for us. Um, we always want more, but we, you know, that was a good year for us. And, um, you know, I practice a lot during the week, so I just practice and practice and practice. And when... You're practicing and just kind of noodling around and, and, you know, things, you come up with things, your fingers do things that they didn't do before, and you go, hey, that, you know, I, I kind of like that, maybe that's something I can work on, and so I'll record that little idea. And then you go to bed, and while you're laying in bed there thinking about stuff, all of a sudden lyrical ideas will come to you, and you just write them down, I've got my iPhone next to me, I'll hum the lyrical idea. And uh, unfortunately, wake my wife up, but um, I do it anyway. And then, um, you know, at the end of, a, of, you know, once you've got a little pile of ideas, you go through and see which ones are really sticking with you. And you go and you, you dig into them and see if there's anything there. So it's, it's a great way to kind of to get better. And that's what I always try to do is become a better guitar player, a better singer, a better songwriter, a better engineer, and a better producer. And... Um, you know, it's, it's the great thing about this music business is that you can't get good enough. Um, it, you're never going to be, you know, I'm never going to be uh, the kind of musical musician like Steve Morse or, or somebody who is just a, a maestro musician. But that's what keeps me going and trying. It's guys like him who are so good that make me go, you know, if I just keep practicing, maybe one day. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I really like to be inspired by people like that and, I, and it, it keeps me motivated well you know you talk about to playing uh, 57 shows last year i know you got uh, at least on the website right now i think 16 uh going through the summer including one uh this weekend in um at the cherokee resort event center in cherokee north carolina you just talk about what that says and the fact that maybe firehouse it seems like each year you're more in demand and, and more shows and you see you guys pop up on, on more bills and with a lot of great bands and so many great shows i mean i saw you guys i think it was two years ago uh, down at the lake of the ozarks here in missouri with with a uh, warrant and Dawkin. it was an awesome show you guys are always out there what does that say about though the legacy of this band that uh that you guys you know stay busy and then the shows keep rolling in that's a great thing isn't it well, I think we're really lucky is the, the bottom line, and we're really grateful that our fans are sticking with us this long and that they, they we have songs that they that have, have touched them emotionally in some way, and they want to hear them again, and they want to come out and, and party with us and, and kind of celebrate it with us, you know? Um, you know, we're going down uh, this weekend, like you said, to, to Cherokee, North Carolina. It's uh, We fly into Asheville, North Carolina. We drive about an hour, hour and a half in the Cherokee, North Carolina, and play that venue, and we're opening up for Brett Michaels, who, you know, 
I, I, he's such a great, I mean, it's a great band, and he's a great, he's the best front man in the business. Um, so, you know, getting to go out and see his band is kind of an education for us as well. Um, so we get out there and we play our, our set. We um, go dry off, and then we get to be uh, schooled by Brett and the boys. So it's, it's great. I mean, we are really lucky because I think there is a resurgence of bands of our genre and our, our you know, the decade of bands that, that we were a part of. Um, you know, people want to come out and see these bands live and and um we're really we're really thankful that we can still do this for a living yeah and to me a lot of this started i mean i was at the original rocklahoma in 2007 and uh seeing you guys i believe on on the saturday of that of that it still sticks out in my mind because that was such a it just kind of was a, a symbolic renaissance it had been going on i'd seen you guys a couple of years earlier with cinderella and quiet riot i mean you guys have been around but this is it's just so great because for me, as such a fan of the genre, and for me, not to uh, you know to you know talk, talk down on the gig coming up in Cherokee. I know that's kind of a hometown show for you guys, but coming up here at the Mid America Center in Iowa, I'm going to be there. Uh, you got oh, cool, you talking about opening for Brett Michaels and Warrant Dokken, Lita Ford. What a show that's going to be in Firehouse. I mean, I'm looking forward to that. I'm driving up for that, Bill. I'm going to be there. I mean, yeah, thanks, buddy. It's going to be like a festival. Um... You know, you got so many bands that are legends, and we get to jump in and 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 play with them. And we we just feel like it's so, the, the, like we we just feel so lucky. Um, you know, all those bands are great. I mean, I, I, Warren has never sounded better. I don't think they're just they're such a great band. Uh, you know, like we said, Brett's band and then Lita, uh, she's just she's awesome. I mean, she's such a great. She's got such a great band. I mean, she put together an incredible band, and um, and you know they're all great people. Who, who else are we on that that bill with? I and forgot. Do- Dawkins, the last one. Yeah. Oh wow! There you go. Here's another legend. You know, so <laughs> you know if I, you know, I mean, how many times did I play under lock and key and uh, try to learn those songs? And I was just so so inspired by you know everything they did, and 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 now we become friends. You know, Don is. He's just awesome. He, st- he still sounds great. He looks great, and the band's great. And you know, so being a part of that that gig is awesome. And and I wish it was a tour where we were playing with all those bands every night. But after that, you know, it's kind of like a one shot deal for the fans and for us because after that show, we all fly home, and then we all, you know, have the week off, and then we fly out somewhere else the next weekend, and whether we're with you know any other bands or we're headlining or, or whatever I, we don't know but um, I don't know at the moment <laughs> but it's uh, it's really kind of a, a different uh, you know model than it was when we were you know hit it really hard back in the early 90s where we had the bus and we were out on tour with Tesla let's say and we played with them for nine months um, you know now it's um, you know this weekend we're with this band and this weekend we're just with us and then the, the next weekend we're with a different band and, and it kind of makes it you know more challenging in a way because you know you, you everything's different but it, that's what we kind of like too is the spontaneity of of what this what music is well you talk about being different i've always 
seen Firehouse uh, as as different. Maybe it's because uh, you guys, I know you're from Virginia, but uh, the band was formed in, in Charlotte, North Carolina in kind of the mid-80s. Just talk about the musical scene kind of in the in the southeast area where you grew up in and coming up as a band in. Uh, a lot of your counterparts, a lot of the bands that we're talking about that you're playing with, you know, they, they are, were from L.A. They went to L.A. They formed their, you know, their identity there, but not you guys. Just kind of talk about your, your upbringings um, coming up in, in that scene and what the musical scene was like in Charlotte at the time? Well, I feel like it was a great music scene. There were so many bands, so many really talented players and really talented songwriters and and lots of venues to play up and down the mid-Atlantic coast. And, um, you know, we we would hop in a van and, and drive for 11 hours, you know, west into western Tennessee to play a gig. You know, said so that, we, and each one of us would make five dollars a day for food. Uh, but we did it because we 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 wanted to make it. You know, um, so I don't really know how to compare it to the LA scene. We didn't really get a taste of the LA scene until we had uh, an independent deal where we got to record our songs, and Dana Strum and Mark Slaughter produced our our. It was a record at the time, and it kind of turned into a demo because we got signed to to Epic, and Epic wanted us to re-record all the songs. But um, so we were, we spent a little bit of time out there in LA when it was kind of peaking with that scene, and and that scene was incredible because on Sunset Strip you had four or five clubs right there where you know you could play a gig, and then a bunch of other uh, clubs, you know, within a thirty minute drive where you could play a gig so it was kind of all about you know where you could be playing um at the time and when uh, you know things got a little bit more challenging as time went on um, and and businesses uh you know that wanted to have live entertainment were struggling a little bit some of them changed their model to not play you know have live music or maybe not have our genre so the scene kind of really suffered a little bit, but, um, you know, the fans are still out there and the fans still want to hear good time rock and roll. And, and that's what we want to, that's what we want to bring. That's what I've always seen Firehouse as. What do you, how do you feel about the fact, you know, and this is something that happens with, with any band that has a hit. You guys reach number three, of course, with Love of a Lifetime. It's it's a song that, uh, it's part of our nomenclature. It's part of the fabric of, of American music. It's definitely, I've never been married, so I've never had to play it at a wedding or anything, but I've heard it at many weddings, obviously. Um, just talk about that song and kind of how um, you feel about it, because the band is so much more than that. You look at the debut, songs like Rock on the Radio, Shake and Tumble, uh, Overnight Sensation. There's It's such a hard-driving rock band, and yet you have... You know, a ballad like that that took off and kind of, and it certainly doesn't define the band, but just kind of talk about, you know, kind of the diversity of the of those situations. Well, we always loved a little bit of everything, uh, with the exception of a few, uh, a few things, not people in the band, but you know, a few things that we don't really care for. But our blinders were off kind of at a younger age where we, we like slow tempo stuff, we like fast tempo stuff. And we like half-assed tempo stuff. <laughs> so we, we liked it all. And we liked um, the diversity of heavier and, and kind of lighter stuff. And we liked love songs. And we liked, you know, breakup songs. And we like you know, all that stuff. So, um, you know, the fact that Love of a Lifetime was as big a hit for us 
as it was was you know great i mean i i still look at it as like wow we sh- we really got lucky with that one i mean we got lucky at first when shake and tumble was a hit at metal radio and they didn't even release it as a single to rock radio and they they realized the record company realized that they had something so they released don't treat me bad that broke into the top 20 or top 15 i think and then uh, they put out love of a lifetime and and the album went double platinum and then you know the next record we put out reach for the sky which which was in the top 40 mtv played it one time and it still went to the top 40 and then we released when i look into your eyes and that went into the top 10 um i think it went to number seven or something like that so we do have a couple of ballads that we're known for but um you know for that we we you know anything you can have in this business that that uh, is a success um you, you you need to be really thankful for because it's a tough business and it's hard to get any songs to go, you know, to break through and have people say, wow, I'd I like to hear that again. So it that's basically what happened. Well, you guys were, the, you, know, you won the award for, the American Music Award for Best New Hard Rock Heavy Metal Band in 1991. And just kind of talk about the timing of that, because in, in the blink of an eye, things had changed so much. Um, after the release of the debut and then Reach for the Sky comes out in, in 1992. But in the middle of that, things had changed so much. And it's like, what was the feeling throughout the band? Because here you guys have this you know, really successful debut and a, and a very good follow-up and you have this success and you win this award. And just talk about how things changed though at that time because it just, I mean, it's, it's cliche to say so many bands will say it, but the grunge just kind of blew everything out of the water. I mean, is, that, is it as simple as that? Well, it, it definitely happened um, on the rock side of uh, radio. Um, the rock stations stopped playing any bands that sounded anything like like us or, or any bands of our genre started playing bands that sounded like the grunge sound. And um, we still uh, put out a third record, and we were watching all this happen. We put out a third record. And we had a top twenty, uh, top thirty hit with uh, I think it might have gone to like twenty five with a song called "I Live My Life for You," and um, so at a time when you know radio wasn't playing any bands like us, we still you know kind of goofed up and had a hit. <laughs> so um, the the problem was is that rock radio wasn't playing it, and um, the record company wasn't behind the the album at all. So we knew that the, the love was lost from Epic to Firehouse. So we knew we had to do something. So we realized that we had a little bit of action going on overseas with with our album and with the song I Live My Life For You, and that's that third album. It's called Firehouse 3. So we went over to Southeast Asia probably five times in the course of a year or two and played all these tours over in... Indonesia, Thailand, Singapore, Korea, uh, of course Japan, which you know we'd been over there a couple times before, but broke into a lot of new countries over there that really liked our 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 album and kind of um, took it kind of sustained the band at a time where we were we were really hurting over here in the states, but we had places to play over there, so that's kind of what kept us going. Yeah, and it's just, you know, to to sit here and in 2018 and looking at what what you guys have done and, and going forward, it's it's just it's it's wonderful. I'm I'm a huge fan of the band. 
uh, excited about this show coming up. But you know, uh, you know, one thing that uh, you know I always wonder is you take a band like Firehouse that you know when you play these big shows and and you get out there and you you know you you do a set, you got to get the hits in, you got to do the, a quick set, but yet it's the, it's the songs that the audience are, are probably more familiar with than any others, and you get this you know hard hitting forty five minute to an hour set in, and you know the audience is revved up. How do you compare that to you know when you play your headline shows and you get more time? And is is it kind of is there a difference there? Is it kind of like you prefer you know be, be able to unveil more of a, of your set list, or does it feel really good to get up there and get the audience going with uh, you know with uh, the greatest hits, uh, as they say? Well, I really prefer being able to play longer. I think all of us do, you know, because we have a lot of songs that are kind of the integrity of the band, or the the un- uncovered part of the band that we want to expose the audience to, and that we we have our hardcore fans out there who know some of the songs that weren't necessarily singles but are you know their favorite songs so even when we do a you know an hour set and and sometimes when we do a 45 minute set with a 45 minute set we've got most of the set kind of already written because there's songs that we'd get in trouble if we didn't play (laughs) so we we, kind of got to play them but with an hour we can juggle in a couple of songs at least one usually two or so that would be a little bit different than than what the 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 singles would be and then when we get to play an hour and a half we get a bunch of those alternate kind of songs that we can throw in there and and relax and have fun and do a lot of stuff without being kind of uh, you know looking at the clock and making sure we don't go over because you, you do tend to uh, be frowned upon <laughs> if you go over you want to keep the show on time, and, and we don't want the band that is going on after us to get mad at us because we, you know, somebody at the, at the, there's a curfew somewhere, and if you go late, that causes somebody to have to start cutting songs. And usually when it's the bands above you that have to do that, they, they, they frown upon that. Sure. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, no, no doubt about that. You know, Bill, so before we let you go, you know, I was just kind of perusing, uh, through, uh, some of your influences on your website. And, uh, you know, I just, I love the diversity of this. I mean, you have guys, you know, people listed like Stevie Wonder, Simon and Garfunkel to Lev Zeppelin, Ted Nugent Kiss. But one that, that stuck out to me because he was just on the show uh, a couple weeks ago is Michael Schenker, who's one of my favorite oh. guitarists of all time. And I'm going out to see the Schenker Fest in Vegas in a couple weeks. Uh, actually a few days right before the show, uh, in, in Iowa that I'll be seeing you guys. I'm going to go catch. Shanker Fest. So, man, that's. I'm glad you're a fan because I was like, they just uh, I, I struck a chord with me for sure. He's great, man. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, he he was um, a huge influence on me, and that is actually Michael Shanker and UFO and the Michael Shanker group. Um, the guy who produced those records, you know, most of those records, is this guy Ron Nevison, and we chose Ron. Uh, I, I was a big advocate to to. to get Ron to produce that record because of those UFO records. Now, Ron also produced an Aussie record and a heart, the biggest heart records and um, the damn Yankees. And I mean, he's got just a huge list yeah. of bands that he produced, but what really made me want to work with him is that, that uh, because of those UFO records and, uh, you know, I just wanted to get a little bit of that Michael Shanker magic to just kind of some by osmosis get get to me. I'm still working on that because that guy has a, a feel and a tone and a creative, uh, you know, za that uh, yeah. you don't really that that nobody else has. I mean, and you know, he's he is definitely one of my my top five. Oh, that's awesome! And I, you know, they're doing this uh, tour in the U.S. with uh, all three 
MSG singers, Graham Bonnet, Gary Barden, and Robin McCauley, of course. I mean, this is awesome to, to see him uh, back in the U.S., and I'm looking forward to, to that show. It's going to be a busy week for me. I got Check this one out. I got Styx and Ario Speedwagon on one Saturday, uh, oh. M- Michael Schenker Group uh, uh, in Vegas one day, and then in a third city in Des Moines, Iowa, I've got Firehouse, Warrant Dock, and Lita Ford, and Brett Michaels. So that's how I like to keep it. You know, I'm not going to have this energy forever, so i got to get this out that's of the way. Right. It sounds like you're getting a lot of frequent flyer points, though. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. Well, I'm looking forward to it all, and I'll tell you what, we can't thank you enough for, for, for the time, and definitely want to talk again uh, when the album's done, whenever that may be, and I look forward to just keeping in touch. And guys, you got to go to Leverty.com, and, and, and the songs are on there, available right now. It's memorable, and love is like a song. Really good songs, good hooks, good guitar, what you'd expect from Bill Leverty, right? I mean, it's just what you'd expect from from you, man. Great stuff. Man, and I sure appreciate it, Clint. Thank you so much. Bill, huge fan. I've you know been a fan really all my life of, of Firehouse and, and what you've done and your solo work and everything like that. So hoping to, to get up there and maybe uh, maybe say hello to you uh, up at the show in, in Iowa coming up in a couple weeks. It'd be a, it'd be a true honor. So we'll, we'll work on that. Maybe we can make that happen, my friend. That'd be awesome. Love to. Bill, we'll be in touch, man. Thank you so much. Can't thank you enough, and uh, best of luck. Have a great show this weekend, and we'll uh, look forward to catching up with you here soon. Thanks, brother. You bet. Huge thanks to Bill for joining us to talk about uh, his latest solo venture, which, again, you can check out on his website, Leverty.com. The two songs are really good. Memorable and Love is Like a Song makes me really anxious to hear what the rest of the album is going to sound like whenever he gets that finished. I know he's very busy touring with Firehouse. They do a lot of dates. And I'll tell you, underrated guitarist, really good player, and Firehouse is just a really good, solid rock band that, you know, they they play, they're always out there playing with a lot of bands, you know. The show I'm going to be seeing them, they're going to be playing with uh, Warrant and Dokken, Lita Ford, and Brett Michaels, so... That's going to be a great show up in Council Bluffs, Iowa. I hope you guys, if you're in the Midwest, if you're in the area, can make it up to that one. It's a 10,000-seat venue. It's going to be interesting to see the attendance of that one. I think there's going to be a really good crowd there. So very excited about that. Very excited about all the things coming up because winter's over. Spring is in the air. That means summer concerts. That means more outdoors time. That means more music and more fun outside with your friends and family. That's what it's all about. So we can't wait to go on this uh, this journey with you throughout the summer. Uh, if you guys have any reviews, shows you went to, send them in. Send them to our email address, musicmaniapodcast at gmail.com, and we'd be glad to post them on our website. Um, always love interacting with, with the fans and people, like-minded people that are going to these shows and, and like taking pictures, like writing reviews. Hit us up, and uh, we'd be glad to you know talk about it, talk about... Uh, and like I said, we'd be glad to post uh, your review on our website uh, if you send us that at musicmaniapodcast.gmail.com. Of course, our website, musicmaniapodcast.com. Check out all of our archive shows, all my reviews for the shows I've been to lately. And in the meantime, do not forget to join us next week because big guest coming up, Rick Rule, frontman from Every Mother's Nightmare, is going to be joining us. Really excited about that one. We got your back all spring and summer long here on the Music Mania Podcast. We will catch you next week.